0: Hi everyone, welcome to Third Spacing, the podcast, where we explore important issues on the peripheries of clinical medicine in Singapore. I'm your editor, Hosan. In the first of a two-part series, we hear from Dr. Wee Tech-Young, better known as Hakim Wee, who has done humanitarian and activist work in Afghanistan and its borders for close to 20 years, including with the Afghan Peace Volunteers. We asked about how these years have changed his outlook on life, what he does to remain hopeful in the face of endless destruction, and why he firmly believes that connection is crucial for healing.
1: My original name is We Yang. And I was given the name Hakim by my Afghan friends when I first started working among refugees in Pakistan. And Hakim meaning in the Arabic. Uh, root language, mm. a healer or mm. a wise one. So since I'm not wise, <laughs> so I, knew, I knew that they chose that because they saw me as the doctor.
0: Wow, that is very fascinating. Perhaps could we then just start by asking you what made you want to join the medical profession initially?
1: I had a good reason, which was I wanted contact with people But I also had a not-so-good reason. And the not-so-good reason was that I was hoping to have a successful career. Mm -hmm. Um, The medical profession has given me many opportunities to uh, meet people from different backgrounds, and I'm really grateful for that. But the not-so-good reason, I submitted too easily to the narrative of a successful career of what I see now as a form of elitism. I should have questioned myself a little more. But then I was only 18.
0: Yeah. What was the turning point then that made you start to question or come up with all these thoughts on reconsiderations?
1: Uh, I don't think there was a definite major turning point. Uh, I think there were many small little decisions I I made. Uh, I did think about an overall purpose, what I really was passionate about doing. And that, I think, helped me to make very, very small little decisions or turning points. For example, I did have to think through... uh, whether I wanted to be rich. (laughs) Whether or not what I was going to pursue uh, would give me the opportunities to establish a family, whether I was willing to take risks uh, because that part of the world has its own risks and telling my clinic partners that I was ready to go so that they would be prepared for me to Uh, leave the clinic practice. Uh, It came to my mind uh, the poem by Robert Frost which I'm sure all of you are familiar with. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood and I I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference.
0: Thank you for sharing this. It's one of my favorite poems from Robert Frost as well how did this transition feel from being like a full-time doctor in Singapore to then running the Afghan Peace Volunteers? Uh,
1: I th- I'm fortunate because I think the transition has been a very warm and nurturing transition for me uh, because I still do feel very much like a healer uh, and looking at uh, human health or the health of humanity and Um, using non-violent tools and methods and skills to help myself and people around me including the Afghan peace volunteers be healthier so I don't I didn't feel as if I was making a, a huge change in a profession it has been helpful for me to have my identity grounded in in my human identity as the primary identity. Mm. Not even being a doctor because uh, we're not born doctors.
0: So Dr. Hakim, what are some of the biggest takeaways that you have?
1: It is not the biggest, but what I've been thinking about lately is that our normal way of living, which is structured around financial success security and career is the very thing that is making us unhealthy and disconnecting us from one another ourselves and disconnecting us from our natural environment the things i saw in afghanistan made me rethink my normal way of everyday living and whether i was without knowing complicit in what I saw, destruction, people killing one another, not just uh, within Afghanistan, but on a global scale. I saw, physically saw, uh, how the land of Afghanistan is now a desert. I feel we have to rethink very hard about whether that has really ended up destroying ourselves. That's one huge takeaway I've had and I'm still working through that with the Afghan Peace Volunteers. The youth in Kabul uh, wanted to talk about this Uh, and through that discussion, this very same uh, thought of how they felt that they had become machines. However they looked at it, they said, well, if we were honest with ourselves, we go to school to study or we try to look for some kind of work. It does revolve around the machinery of of making sure we have enough money to survive. It doesn't make them feel connected to one another Mm. because in fact, they become competitors of one another. They they feel that they have to look out for themselves. And there's distrust. So perhaps with money, with us inventing money and then really structuring our societies principally around that, I'm worried that it's really changing who we are. That's a problem and Buddha in his meditation has talked about it. He said, money is the worst discovery of human life, but it is the most trusted material to test human nature. Wow. There's also an activist in the States. Uh, Her name is Grace Lee Bob. She was an immigrant Chinese in, in the States. And she brought communities together to bring small local change. And she said this, people are aware that they cannot continue. They cannot continue in the same old way, but are immobilized because they cannot imagine an alternative. That really helps me sometimes to think.
0: That's a great point, I feel. But... mm, to a certain extent I do want to live outside this construct I don't want to be driven by money but ultimately we still exist within this system and that we still have to survive right so not sure how do we then bring that two together and maybe hmm.
1: maybe it's a question we all should pursue we should pursue it every day I think it's good for you to question and I feel we cannot be immobilized because we refuse to engage those questions. Uh, The questions that the the youth in Kabul are asking are important questions that you are asking and we need to keep thinking and imagining. Uh, There are individuals across the world, Americans, there was a German lady, uh, there is an Irish young person who has for, who have for many years lived without money. Wow. Okay, and I, I couldn't imagine myself doing that. In agrarian societies like Afghanistan, where it's possible, that imagination frighteningly is also lost. So for me, it's been quite a journey as well, and I would encourage all, everyone to think about that. I have lived for 18 years without an income, which freaks out my mother because she thinks I'm I'm mad
0: I think you have brought out the point about the fact that we should not be immobilised but have you ever felt helpless in the face of such like big structures that seem to work against all of these very human things and very like human connection, all the human connections that you have built
1: uh, yes <laughs> uh, I've I have felt very helpless in terms of uh, the scale of the challenges we have created for ourselves. Uh, it's not something we as individuals can deal with alone, and that is also where I have some hope. I remember in in. The bo- at the border area when I was working, started working among Af- the refugees, Afghan refugees. Uh, the scale of the refugee problem was huge and it's even larger today. So at that time in 2002, it was estimated that there were about three million uh, Afghan refugees at the Pakistan-Afghanistan border area, and that's not counting other places, right? So I was thinking, I'm, you know, that's me, right? And some of my colleagues in the NGO that I was working with, and 3 million. So how do we respond to that? How, how do we feel about that? And there were many, many nights we really cannot sometimes cope with the scale of the problem. We get overwhelmed, and a good healthy way is to cry over it and on some of those nights that I was in that border town in Quetta uh, at the end of the day a long day of uh, seeing one horrid thing after another of what we are doing to one another Um, then I cry I did I wasn't brave enough to cry in front of other people at that time um, and but that helps, that helps. And then the next day, I do rely on love and hope that I see in people that I meet so that we carry on. We uh, we carry on building the small little human connections we, we can. Uh, we recover humanity person by person because the systems and the structures are too huge for us to face on our own. We need to do this together and when we do it together, we do it person by person. Mm, That gives me hope. I can see that hope uh, among many many young people today and so thank you for the opportunity for an interview because you and all the youth of the world is our hope Uh, i'm not saying that older people are not our hope because our older people do need to come fully behind every other young person to build another sort of uh, world or another sort of humanity. I can see my parents and then wanting to really support me and the Afghan Peace Volunteers and what we're doing. So yeah, um, I do get discouraged and I have been broken, uh, almost completely traumatized by different things. But at the same time, that one-to-one, person-to-person connection, every human being I encounter, knowing that that person is breathing, thinking, feeling, and does have family relationships, that keeps me going. Mm,
0: Thank you so much for sharing. You mentioned a lot about the connection, the individual connection and how that in itself is a form of healing. I think that that's something that has been missing in medic, like medicine and healthcare nowadays where we have basically redefined medicine as more of a pharmacological or like policy-wise kind of um, in- intervention I would say, rather than a human connection and a community healing together. And is that something that you have experienced or learned in Afghanistan as well.
1: Definitely. I have my own journey with regards to my understanding of my own health. And maybe that is a good way to illustrate how medicine has become primarily focused on the physical health. We all know uh, theoretically how we are not just physical beings. We know that. We feel it every day. But I didn't develop certain parts of my own health. Like what I mentioned earlier, just uh, crying. Uh, Why couldn't I, for many years, feel easy about that? Uh, Why was I so focused on being strong and then forgetting maybe my psychological emotional health and uh, all my social health so i I feel that medicine unfortunately it has become an industry uh, that is primarily focused on the physical well-being or health and we pay a price for it because in singapore in the past few years our older folk achieving the longest lifespans in the world. So we have very good physical indices. We also have good healthy long years for our elderly population. But we have an increasing number of older people who are taking their own lives. Why? Or we have older people in a survey in Wampu Estate uh, indicating that they were feeling very lonely and it was 53 percent of all those who were surveyed whether or not they were staying alone or with their family members they felt all alone so we do have a healthcare system which is really quite good on the physical healthcare but i do feel we have a gap need and if we can all of us uh, medical students to uh, doctors to patients themselves like my parents uh, they're they're healthy so they're not patients but they're they're physically very healthy but my parents after 80 years of their lives uh, are not very optimal in their emotional or social health and that it's something we need, there's a gap, healthcare need that we need to address. We almost as doctors have to take the lead because we do have a responsibility to act upon what we understand in medicine, that we are not just physical people. We we feel we need to be connected, to be healthy, we need change some very fundamental ways in which we practice medicine.
0: Yes, definitely. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Uh, Actually, Ashwini would then expand a little bit more on the human health section, but I would just like to bring up a point that I realised when you were speaking, uh, when you were talking about the fact that you realised that you were not able to cry. You had to be strong, but then now you realise that maybe weakness or what we think as weakness, crying, maybe that's where strength Of like a human race is to be able to feel so deeply for something and then from that come together as a community to learn to involve ourselves in each other's lives
1: yes um, uh, thank you for referring to an area of my life I'm not proud of uh, because I think uh, why should a human being be afraid to cry what made me become like that I, uh, I was not like that when I was a baby. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so...
0: It seemed to be a learned behavior.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I learned it. I have thought quite a bit about that, and it does return to the way we have, or I had, I had taken on the persona of what a successful person in Singaporean society should be like nothing can faze us we can only get better we, we are never for even a second week uh, all very strange ideas right but yeah. we I, I, I sort of adopted it and I even though I cried as a baby I stopped myself how much more unhealthy could I get uh, so, in my journey then to uh, to the border area and having to listen to my body and my brain, my brain and my body was telling me to cry. And I think we need to approach our, every person that we as well, in, in the bedside, in hospital or in clinic, and someone walks into the room. Um, my mom was also like that, uh, thinking that she had to be strong for her uh, and so she felt she couldn't, uh, she had to remain stoic, um, never say die, and in some ways she has succeeded, but at a high cost. We, we mustn't do that to other people, we, we, we need to be healthy ourselves and then help other people be healthy
0: might have a rhythm, is my heart beating in tandem, da